bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 10. And man, we're glad to be back for yet another week and another episode. We are bringing you all of the motocross racing action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank each and every person that has been enjoying these first couple of episodes already, and the great positive feedback from these have uh, truly just been humbling. If you have not yet checked out any of the other past episodes, make sure to do yourself a favor and check them out after this one, which is now available everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Pandora, Listen Notes, and many more. It is fantastic to uh, see the support from the local community in the sport of motocross, and I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in this week on the Imperative MX Podcast for another episode And with that, we have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing all the way to professional and everything in between. And uh, with that, there are a good amount of talking points to chat about in this episode. First, we will have a call in from the brand new president over at District 13 Motocross Series here in Virginia, Alex Dawson. If you are unaware Of the name, we will dive into Alex's past and motocross and his vision for 2023 and beyond. Uh, Coming from the brand new District 13 President Alex Dawson uh, here soon. Then we will have the highly favorited local legend segment where the people's champ, Matt Burkeen, will call in and give us some good laughs, I'm sure, from the carnage at the Victory Sports Indoor Racing, his 2022 year altogether. And what's in store? Uh, for from the people's champ heading into 2023 uh, he'll be calling in here in just a little bit uh, we will switch it over to some professional 250 supercross west conversation with anaheim one within days right around the corner speak about some motocross uh, local racing and much more here on episode number 10 of the imperative mx podcast make sure to check us out by searching imperative mx on all of our social media accounts instagram facebook and our popular TikTok channel, if you have not already done so. And uh, with episode number 10, it is a big episode. Uh, I just want to personally thank each each and every person uh, that has been supporting all of us. Um, we have grown uh, very, very much so. And uh, just about a year. Uh, at the end of February is pretty much when I put on the grind for Imperative MX. And, uh, man, we're only 10 episodes into the Imperative MX podcast and the uh, support from everybody has been awesome so uh thank you guys really so much and don't forget to check out imperativemx.com when you get a chance uh, i'll be doing a lot more updates and uh much more coming from imperativemx.com so make sure you guys do check that out and before we go any further we have to say thank you to all of our sponsors here on board for the imperative mx podcast west virginia motorsports fxr silver valley mx park hydropower and dirt industries custom graphics we will get more into each of these awesome companies here in a bit make sure you guys support the ones that support the sport like these companies helping us out each week bringing you these podcasts 
And, of course, helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast, the highly likable, knowledgeable, your District 29 2011 C-Class champion, co-host, Heavy D. What's up, bud? Oh, dude, you know it. Another day, ready for some more Moto Talk. Absolutely, absolutely. It's good to have you here on episode number 10. And we got to talk, man. I mean, we've we've had a good amount of uh, call-ins that we've uh, – you know, had since episode number one, which was right after the Verb Moto uh, Top Gun Showdown, was actually the very first um, episode that we did on the Imperative MX podcast, and uh, we kind of just press record and kind of just went from there. And now we're on episode number ten, Heavy D. Uh, what's your thoughts? Crazy. Oh, dude, it's it's crazy, man. Time flies. It's like ten episodes in already. It's pretty <laughs> awesome, though. You know, the thing, subscribers are up on YouTube. It's like we're actually getting uh, a good amount of listeners, you know. Yep. So I couldn't be more stoked on it. And, uh, I can't wait to see it go, you know, farther in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, man, there's a lot to talk about uh, within this episode, like like I talked about here just a second ago. Um, let's get into some local motocross racing talk before we bring in uh, the new District 13 motocross president, uh, Alex Dawson, um, man, the racing, um, the new schedules are up right now. And, uh, man, Heavy D, uh, I think Alex, uh, for myself, I know him. Uh, you listeners will, if you do not know of him, and uh, maybe even yourself, uh, Heavy D, do you know Alex uh, at all? I think uh, I, I don't know him, like, personally, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we've run across each other before. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I probably do know him. Honestly, I can't even put a picture, like a face to his name, actually. If I seen him, I probably would know him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he may have a story or something when we bring him on here in just a little bit that may refresh your uh, refresh your memory. But um, I think it's good. Um, like I said, we're going to talk to him here in just a minute. But um, I think it's good to bring a new face into District 13. He's very passionate. He's for the riders. Um, I think that's very important. He wants to... Uh, and he's not afraid uh, to talk about, um, you know, really anything. If somebody, you know, has a problem, he's willing to work it out and, uh, you know, not, um, you know, kind of like, you know, brush it off or, you know, anything like that. So I think bringing in a new face um, to the District 13 series is uh, going to be a going to be a good thing and uh, maybe revamp it uh, a little bit and uh, bring a little bit more hype back to uh, District 13 kind of like in the older days and uh, we've talked about that and uh, I think it would be good I think it's going to be good Heavy D oh absolutely you know it's, it's it's one of those things you know sometimes I mean and nothing wrong with like who previously had it awesome dude you know Ryan Smith right I think it's just one of those ordeals he's got a lot on his plate and it's hard to like give a hundred percent to like several different things, especially when you're a track owner and trying to like be a promoter of a full series. That's a, that's a hard job to do. And uh, you know, I think he's got a lot going on with Lake Sugar Tree and a, a lot of great things happening over there. So I, I just guess he felt it was time to like pass it down, you know, or pass it up. And which that's good, somebody who can actually you know give a hundred percent and give forth effort, you know. And just go full fledged with it, and not have to worry about anything else. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the things too is that, uh, like I said, I talked to him on the phone. He he immediately called me um, as soon as he kind of got the job uh, for it. And uh, you know, we talked for over like an hour and a half about just things that we kind of want to see uh, in the future. And I'm sure we'll get to it here uh, in just a minute. But 
it's uh I think it's gonna be really good uh for uh, the Virginia area. Um, I feel like the past couple of years, it's kind of been on a um, little bit of a downtrend, but uh, hopefully with a new face, a new president, you know, maybe some, um, you know, just a, just a different outlook, uh, maybe for different races, different um, events, that sort of thing. So uh, I believe that this is actually going to be uh, going to be really, really good. Uh, Heavy D and um, man, we, we love local racing and we want it to succeed. And, uh, yeah, I mean it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be something good for uh, for the future. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, um, I'm ready for it. I'm excited for him. You know, especially the change. Um, he's been around a while, so I'm pretty sure it's not going to be hard for Alex by any means. You know, jump right in and uh, see what needs to be done. Uh, I'm pretty sure he already, you know, has ninety nine point. Nine percent of the idea of what needs to be done because, like I said, he's for the riders. He wants to see the sport grow. He wants to see you know new people keep coming in and all the talent around uh, over here on the East Coast. You know, get recognized. And I, I mean, him running the series, I think uh, that's I mean that's just what it's going to take. And with everybody's help, it can you know it it can happen. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're going to get uh, the new president, District Thirteens. Alex Dawson here on the line. Before we get into that, FXR uh, from high performance snow rider wear to motocross uh, gear, FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, snow gear, motocross gear, whatever it is, FXR has you covered. In my opinion, Garrett Marchbanks' uh, opinion, uh, we've had him on the show before, uh, and also, uh, you know, Kyle Bitterman. Uh, they they think it's the best in sizing, vitting, uh, and venting uh, for motocross riding gear. So make sure to go and check out fxrracing.com and find them on social media as well. And uh, thank you for their continuing support. But on the line right now, we have District 13 Motocross Series new president, Alex Dawson. Alex, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, pretty good, man. Excited to talk to you guys. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot for uh, coming on to the Imperative MX podcast. And uh, for those of you do not that do not know you, Alex, uh, tell them a little bit about your background in the sport and your racing background. And uh, yeah, tell tell the listeners a little bit about you. All right. Yeah, I've been uh, racing since I was four. I started out on P Dubs. Uh, raced all the way up in the school. Quit for a little while. Got back into it. Um, I've worked at uh, two dealerships now, um, so I've been working in the industry for uh, going on my tenth year now. So I've I've been around it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And we see you, and I see you uh, quite a bit uh, helping out Lake Sugar Tree and helping out the District Thirteen even behind the scenes before you even got this uh, brand new uh, president gig. Um, but I, but it's got to be it, it's got to feel good, and also you even have a uh, daughter that races, so that means that your passion and uh, you've been in the sport, you've done it, uh, you're in the industry already, and then you also has a you know have a daughter that races. Um, so I, I you know all three of those have, has got to be uh, something good for you moving forward. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, <laughs> it it gives you a different perspective that each. You know, being a racer myself and um, growing up in it, and then now being a parent of a racer, uh, you get to see that different view. And then 
also just working in the industry, um, especially now with my position at Triangle doing the race trailer and going to the bigger events and seeing how some of the other riders are dealing with, you know, different situations and stuff. It, it's, uh, it's definitely different, uh, from seeing it from each angle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like you were saying from doing the triangle stuff and you go to a bunch of these, uh, amateur races where you get to see the, you know, the top amateurs and see kind of what they're doing. You get to go to these different events, see how they're, uh, you know, uh, promoting their track and, you know, marketing and all of this good stuff. And it's, you know, something that you can bring to district 13 and, uh, kind of like what you said about having a daughter that races, you get to see that perspective. And, um, from the conversation that we had the other day, when you told me that you were the brand new president at district 13, um, you know, we talked for like an hour and a half and you're for the riders, aren't you, Alex? You, you want, you, you want this series to be for the riders. Yes. Every bit of the, the series, it, it should be for the riders, uh, get them involved, get them racing, give them somewhere to race. Um, and that's the thing is we got so many new riders, um, with COVID it was, uh, it was a blessing and a curse all at the same time, uh, you know, working on in the industry, you know, seeing how many people actually were buying motorcycles and getting into it. Uh, um, right now is the most crucial time to, to give people a place to ride and give these kids somewhere to, to go out and, and get them involved, get them riding and keep them in the sport. That's how you grow the sport. I mean, you got to keep them in it. Right, absolutely. And uh, how did it happen? Uh, you becoming uh, the president of District Thirteen for uh, people that don't know. Well, uh, it just—I was sitting around and, and talking to Ryan, um, and he was, you know, uh, the previous president, and um, you know, he's got a lot going on, uh, running Lake Sugar Tree um, now, uh, being part owner uh, at Birch Creek and running that. I mean, that's a lot, a lot going on for, for one person. Uh, you know, a district was, it was getting overwhelming for him and he needed to step down and nobody else, uh, you know, was really there to step in. And, and I was more than willing. And, um, I just, I grew up racing district 13 and district 29 and I didn't want to see it go. Uh, I hated seeing 29 go, so I, I couldn't let that same thing end up happening to 13. So, uh, you know, I stepped in, and I'm I'm happy, and we'll see. Hopefully I can grow it to where, you know, get back to where those glory days like me and you had spoke about on the phone the other day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, myself and you go back many, many years uh, racing each other and seeing each other at the um, – at the Lake Sugar Tree, Birch Creek, the District 29 uh, races. So we even have a, you know, a past and a history and um, all of that. And as soon as you called me and we, and, you know, after that conversation, I was like, man, this is going to be um, really, really good because I know you're for the riders and uh, you're passionate about the sport. You're already in the industry. Um, you know, you have the, the passionate and you see it from the riders uh, perspective because, uh, you know, your daughter races in it. So, um, you know, you get to see all of that. Um, and with, uh, with that district 13 just came out with their, uh, brand new schedule that came out and, uh, man, 
<laughs> you called me a little bit ago, and uh, man, there was a little bit of scheduling issues with with I think one of the races, uh, if I'm if I'm correct, uh, that people wanted to uh, maybe discuss or talk about. Uh, so, do you want to you want to talk about that? Uh, it's one of the races in May, correct? It is. Uh, be the Black Ankle Round, uh, and like I told you uh, on the call earlier, I didn't want to tiptoe around it. I mean. Um, Honestly, it was it was a mistake on my part. I, you know, it was I was looking for some tracks to to try and help get some new tracks uh, into this district and and kind of get uh, my whole goal this year is is uh, trying to give it a facelift, a new a new look, give us some new tracks, uh, give it a new look, and let people know that their district is changing. Right. Um, and trying to change for the better. And, you know, when I reached out to Jed, I, you know, he asked, he said, yeah, he was interested and asked, you know, what weekend would be a good weekend to do it. Uh, and I kind of quickly glanced at the NCMX series and looked at our, you know, what we had already uh, kind of scheduled and kind of looked and for whatever reason, I, I missed that that weekend, and <laughs> and I I threw it out there, and I guess when he checked his schedule, he was looking at just the black ankle, uh, you know, schedule, and he didn't catch it, and I didn't I didn't think nothing of it. And yeah, <laughs> it it just kind of happened. It was a mistake, and um, rest assured, I mean, district isn't going to go forward with that race. I don't want to step on uh, on any toes. Uh, right. We're working with them to try and find a new a new weekend that we could hopefully do it because uh, we're excited to have Black Ankle on the schedule. Yeah. Um. So we definitely we want to get the race get the race down there, but we we don't want to do it and hurt hurt you know hurt any anybody's feelings or or and it's not out of ill will. It was just a mistake on on my part. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna fix it and 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 roll on with it <laughs> yeah yeah no and you know you're human you know this is your first time i hope people don't give you a bunch of shit throughout the year because this is your first time this is you know kind of your first rodeo into this i know you've seen a lot of behind the scenes already um and all of that but um man uh you know mistakes happen and and all of that um heavy d did you have uh anything so far no like he, uh, he, he covered a lot i think that's you know I mean that's awesome. That that should be like literally a prime example for a lot of the other series of tracks. Like, hey, like if something's wrong, it can be fixed. Like, uh, you don't have to go through like a shit ton of hoops just for everybody to race. You know, I think it's enough to go around for everybody. But I think it shows on his part. Like, hey, I'll pull that off just so like it won't hurt you guys like and you know hopefully along the line like they will you know return a favor and do the same for him because that goes to show he is for the racers right and uh i think you know we we talk a lot um about local racing and how we wanted to come back and we believe one of the things is is having the two series uh be able to communicate or uh, pretty much all the series realistically to make sure that they're on a you know try to come up with uh schedules you know have a meeting or a, or you know something uh, to go about me and Alex talked uh, talked on the phone and there is uh, there is conversations but I believe that there could be more uh, correct Alex 
Yeah, there definitely could be more. Uh, and I'm hoping uh, moving forward, I, I would say that probably uh, – I know there's a couple series uh, within CMX, SEMA, um, and then we're fortunate with uh, the Capital Cup. Yep. Um, is actually part of uh, part of district. Some of those rounds will be coming to district races, mm-hmm. uh, not just at Buds, but on into our series um, at Sugar Tree and Birch Creek. Right. Uh, so uh, we're fortunate there. Uh, and then we have Victory Sports. It's also uh, in the mix with some of our rounds. Um, and I would hope uh, that in the future, I know that there's been uh, some issues in the past with um between some of the individuals in both parties with ncmx and district 13 um i'm hoping that me stepping in can change that Uh, i would really like to to be able to take some of the district rounds back into some of those north carolina tracks that that we've always shared uh rounds with with district 29 and see some some of their rounds possibly you know come up come up our way right and you know it's a whole lot easier to to share rounds and and have everybody coming to one place and racing together as opposed to competing because there's only so many weekends in a year you can't schedule you know 10 rounds for us and 10 rounds for them and you know, three months, you're going to compete against each other at some point. Right. Um, so, and that's the the thing. And with our schedule, I mean, we did have that, that issue there, but if you look at our schedule, I've tried to, you know, when we were doing it, we tried to go less rounds this year, um, to try and help a little bit with that competing. So we're not competing as much. Uh, and then also, so it's not so much of a strain on on the riders and the families, because um, racing's expensive. And yeah. <laughs> going racing every weekend it gets taxing, and, um, and and you know if you can cut back on the racing a little bit and, and be able to qualify for the series and, and and save a little bit of money, it definitely I think is going to help. It's going to help the series grow and. Um, we're excited. Uh, like I said, hopefully moving forward, uh, there's more communication uh, yeah. because I'm I'm open and and I'm super easy to deal with as far as you know. I'm very outgoing. Any, yeah. Anybody that's ever met me knows I I, I will talk to yeah. just about anybody. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was about to say you're not you're not afraid to uh, to speak out and uh, no, it's good. Uh, we think communication goes a very long way. I mean, we've seen it even with uh, Feld and MX Sports, right? A little bit of communication working together, you could do something great. Um, and like we say back in the day when we were racing and it was kind of the pinnacle of the local racing, at least in our opinion, in our time, um, the two series were working together, you know, um, district 13 would go to devil's Ridge and, um, uh, some district 29s would come up to sugar tree or birch or, um, you know, whatever the case may be. So, um, hopefully with, uh, with your new role here and stepping in, um, that, you know, the communication goes up and hopefully it, it you know, it, it uh, shines a little bit of light uh, to any of the other track promoters or series that um, that are listening to uh, to try to reach out a little bit more, and so that there's not so much headache all the way around, and people's schedules can get out, and nobody's stepping on anybody's toes. Everybody wants to 
you know, make their, uh, you know, make their series great and all of that. But we won't try to try to eliminate the, uh, the conflicts, uh, in between. And, uh, one of the conflicts that I have that is a full on rant for me is that pro sports gone. Uh, Alex, I know that, uh, <laughs> myself and you, we were talking about it. It's a sentimental track for both of us, but yeah, man, out of the 20, out of 22 years or 21 years, however many years I've been going to pro sport, it's, uh, it's off and it's, apparently not coming back uh so that's kind of uh upsetting yeah that one's a sad one i that one (laughs) (laughs) that one hits me in the feels i i know i've been going up there you know since since i was on 65 and that's uh always been uh you know the dirt's a little different uh but the layout i've always loved that layout uh so that one that one definitely definitely sad to see that one go and uh i mean you never know i i hear there's no chance not coming back but i also heard the same thing with devil's ridge so yeah yeah, that is true so you never know yeah hopefully somebody can uh can do something and uh get that track back on board because it's really big for that withville uh area even the lower parts of west virginia bluefield that sort of thing the mount airy uh winston-salem uh you know area over there uh has a lot of racers um you know so um yeah i hate the i hate to see it go and uh that was one of the tracks that i've seen a lot of good racing and a lot of fast guys come through there from uh pj larson the garrett marchbanks when he was on pc uh, i got to see tony archer there i got to see jacob hayes i got to see uh mike brown come on his p or, you know his pro circuit bike uh kevin walker i mean i've you know there's so many guys that i've seen go through there and it's uh it's one of those sentimental races that definitely uh, hits you in the feels for sure. Um, Heavy D, do you have? Did you have anything? Uh, any questions or anything so far? No, nah, you was hitting home on how he was named not pro sport, and everybody <laughs> seen right there. Yeah, I've, I oh, mean, it's yeah. a man. It yeah, it's it, yeah, it definitely hits me in the feels for sure, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get somebody to uh, figure out. Uh, how to bring it back because uh, it's definitely one of those that I definitely believe needs to be um, something throughout the year uh, whether it be a practice track or just have more races throughout the year I think it's really good and I think it would bring in uh, a good amount of money as well uh, there's so much racing or so many racers and riders from that area uh, that I think it definitely needs it um, Alex, what a you know since you've gotten this new role, I know that you know it's going to be growing pains all the way through, uh, in and out, and uh, we'll still see if you have that smile halfway through the season, you know, <laughs> and hopefully it's not <laughs> hopefully it's not too draining. But uh, man, what uh, you know, just from your perspective, um, looking you know kind of towards the end, what is maybe your goal and plans for um, District Thirteen for this year and kind of uh, beyond? What's kind of the uh, vision that you see uh, for District 13 that you're going to try your damnness to uh, to accomplish? Well, the goal for this year really is uh, you know to get a feel for for how you know how the landscape is, how how everything needs to run, um, and see what changes that need to be implemented and what I can you know see that would make things better uh, i mean my my end goal uh would be like i said bring back some of that um you know 
some of that nostalgia coming back is just bringing that I've got to get a district championship. I've got to go race the district, you know, because those are the fastest kids, you know, on the East Coast. At one point in time, that was it. District, you know, 13 and 29 had some of the fastest riders on the East Coast. Uh, I mean, I remember, like you were talking, A class full gates at Birch Creek yeah. <laughs> and Rolling Hills. Just you know, a local weekend, um, you know, just a local district race, and it would be 40 guys on the yep. gate in A class. And, um, yeah, that's one of the things that myself and you talked about was how, you know, in a lot of these series, there is no A rider um, that is at the end banquet, and it's kind of sad. Yeah, and I've actually spoke to a couple of the A riders, uh, local A guys, and and just asked them, uh, you know, hey, what would it take to get you guys, you know, in for a series? And, and all of them are, you know, pretty close on their answer, uh, you know, very a little bit. And a lot of it is the payouts. I was about to say, um, and I don't know what can money. be done with the payouts. Yeah, yeah, it's it's money. Uh, but I mean, a a big goal of mine for twenty twenty four is, uh, you know, I've everybody I've talked to, I want to get you know contingency for all the district rounds from right. all the manufacturers. That is my goal for twenty four. You know, contingency the payouts for contingency that can help i mean that's extra paycheck for those a guys you know that are going to go out there and collect a check they're going to get you know they're going to get their contingency they're going to get their you know their payouts right so maybe that maybe that's the answer maybe not i mean it's worth a try i'm going to try it and if nothing else it goes back to the kids i i'm going to be honest at the point I'm at right now, uh, you know, with my daughter and then seeing the involvement of the kids and, like I said, getting these kids that are getting into it from getting a motorcycle while they were, you know, on COVID, during COVID, you know, keeping them involved, the focus would be on the kids. You know, if you get that contingency, well, that kid can go out there and if he races three classes, he can make him some money. And, you know, that goes back in to help buy parts buy buy buying the next bike you know yeah um so even if the contingency doesn't work to get us the a guys back it's gonna help with these youth riders and help grow that uh i really do believe uh that that is um that is something to help push us where i want to be and like i said if and if you look at the the schedule that we did post it's not real top heavy the beginning of the year we you know we we stayed away from all the area qualifiers regionals and all the way up to after loretta's is when you start seeing where we have multiple weekends in a row um and that's by design Uh, you know we want our district kids to go race at loretta's and we end the series before minios we want those kids to go to minios um it's our 50cc shaft drive champion this year. He is the national champion. Mr. <laughs> he, Mr. You know, Lloyd. he just wrapped up a title. Yep, Mr. Lloyd. Yep. Uh, so my little buddy Boone, uh, he he wrapped up his title uh, at uh, at Loretta's this year, and 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 still managed to 
come race these local races and get those get that local championship and that's what i want uh you know more of these kids you know coming to race local races and learning that race craft instead of the training facilities um i really truly believe that there is something there where if these kids race local races and learn that race craft and race against other kids and let's just be honest let the kid be a kid right you know they're you had a trainer silly at six, seven years old. At that point, it's a job for a six-year-old. So let them come out and play with their friends on the weekend, and you can go back and live at your house yeah. <laughs> instead of in a motorhome at the track. Yeah. Uh, and that's, what, know, we, that's and, what we talk about a lot here is, is uh, you know, getting those gate drops, right? Like, sure, you can, you, you know, you're going to these training facilities and you're riding with the exact same people. You're riding the exact same track. You know, you're doing gate drops with the exact same people, but it's different when you go racing. You know, you can't find uh, and you can't replicate a race uh, at a training facility. I don't care how hard you try. Uh, it's just not It's just not going to happen. Um, so I 100% agree that these district races, these series, um, for even the A guys, I mean, I think that it's a good thing. I can understand completely throughout the uh, – pro motocross series i can completely understand that they're you know they're traveling they're drained i get it um but i think you know all the way throughout the years if you're not if you're throughout the year if you're not doing supercross uh or you know any other uh indoor series arena cross whatever the case may be i believe going to local races and having that race craft is almost just as more important um and just having that mental strength i mean arena cross is really good for that um, for, you know, the mental strength, because everybody goes fast on a 22, 23-second track, right? It's about, um, you know, maneuvering your way and being mental enough to uh, do different lines and, you know, Rubin's racing a little bit. But I think that race craft is really good. And kind of like what you were saying, Alex, it's really good to get out to these district races and uh, and race uh, instead of going to the facilities. And I'm glad we're on the same, uh, same point uh, with that. Yeah, definitely, and I 100% agree with the arena crawl. Um, I'm personally a big fan of of the tight, um, the tight arenas. Uh, you know, I did a lot of arena crawls. You know, when they used to do Roanoke and in Greensboro, Charlotte, uh, when we were younger, I always went to those. Yep. Um, it teaches you a different way to to make passes and battle, and you're not going to learn that at a training facility. It's just <laughs> prime example you know cooper webb and zach osborne we used to see them show up to a local district race yep. uh and it those are probably two of the, the craftiest racers um uh, that you, you know, think of. of this current crop of, right. of racers i mean especially cooper with his with it yeah with his mental strength it's crazy heavy d he raced so much i thought he did like I, a lot of people don't realize, he went to public school up until his senior year. Yeah, he like went to yeah. public school, so he literally all he did was race. He didn't really get to go train. I mean, if he got home, I, I'm pretty sure he got to go practice. But every weekend, he raced literally. Yeah, and he'd pop up at the most random races too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you'd see him just like at a at a rolling hills night race. <laughs> 
Hey man, racers but, race. You know, we're getting hey, ready to talk yeah, to he, that to that guy here in here in just a minute. Whenever we get Burkeen on, but man, he's absolutely right. Racers race, man. He, you know, <laughs> like he, every like literally, it didn't matter if it was a uh, a local race with one other person on the gate. Every time he went, he went to the line the same way. Ever since I've known that guy, like even now, like he showed up at the local race for the uh, like the. Um, Back to the Roots Tour, you know, this past summer, and yeah. he he raced three classes. I'm like, dude, you do realize like you're a Supercross champion, but he don't <laughs> look at it like that. Like every time he went to the gate, he sat there like it was a full gate, like, like it was literally. Anaheim one, you know, <laughs> tuned in. And that's what you, and that's why he's mentally strong. Like he treats every race like he's gonna win a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, me and Alex were talking uh, the other day. I mean, the guys that we used to see on a regular basis, and it was like nothing. I mean, Taylor Futrell, Les Smith, Austin Stroop, Ian Treadle, uh, you know, Brock Tickle. I mean, Mike McDade, Jim Neese. I mean, Kevin Walker. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And, you know, unfortunately, we this is a different generation, and we unfortunately just don't get to see that anymore. And Heavy D is completely right. I mean, we've talked about it multiple times, but uh, the training facilities, unfortunately, have kind of ruined it. Um, and I hate to be the bear, you know, to break the bad news, but, yeah, the training facilities have really kind of, unfortunately, kind of screwed out the uh, the local racing, at least in our opinion. Uh, do, you agree, uh, do you agree, Alex? Uh, 100% agree. <laughs> uh, I I just think that, that like y'all said, racers race. Uh, you go, I remember, I don't know if you remember, uh, before Lake Sugar Tree had that moonlight track, uh, we'd ride fr- uh, Saturday practice, load up and head to Rolling Hills, do a night race at Rolling Hills and get back to Sugar Tree and race Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I remember doing that, you know, all the time it, it was just the thing to do i remember you know you just found, found every race that you could possibly get to and you would leave and go do it uh <laughs> i'm doing that with my daughter this year yeah. uh, there's going to be weekends um she wants to try a little bit of the gncc series um we're going to leave you know we're going to race on saturday somewhere and then leave and go yeah, race the GNCC on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I like. It. Hey, hey, racers race, man. <laughs> yeah, racers race. We're gonna find a race. If, if there's a weekend where there's nothing going on, I'm gonna find a race somewhere. We'll go race a woods race. Yeah, uh, we did oh, it this dude. past year. You pop up and go race. I mean, uh, I remember 2000. I mean, I remember 2009. Uh, you can go on to the AMA Rider Search, you know, thing, and you could see how many races you've done it, you know, done every year, and Man, 2009 was the most we ever did, and that was 42 races. And I tell you what, uh, you know, probably three quarters of those races were district races. You know, um, yeah. And you know, that was just back in 2009. You really think about it, it's like, man, it's kind of far away. But realistically, it was only just you know uh, a little bit more over than you know a decade. So, um, man, yeah, no, it's 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 good that we have. Go ahead. I know, um, y'all there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I know, I remember when I was racing, it was like, oh, eight, oh, seven, oh, eight. I raced four times in one weekend. 
like Friday night. What, you, you've heard of MX421, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It used to be called Thunder Valley. They used to do like Friday night races. Yep. I remember I raced there Friday night. Saturday morning got up, went and raced Center Road when it was open, right <laughs> back when they raced. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Raced Center Road that morning. <laughs> Left there. I remember I wadded my ass up. <laughs> and uh, I raced there Saturday morning. I was good. Left there, went and ate lunch, raced East Bend that night, <laughs> then left, got up the next morning and went and raced the Victory Sport to Top Gun. Nah. Yeah, because they were, it was just happening all the way around. I mean, I mean, when uh, Alex was talking about, and even yourself, talking about going to these night races, and then the next morning you're waking up to go to, uh, you know, Sugar Tree, Rolling Hills, Windy Hill, I mean, Devil, you know, any of these tracks, you know, on a Sunday to race. Uh, it was happening uh, all the time, and unfortunately, you just don't don't see it anymore. And hopefully, uh, we can kind of get it back um, and kind of bring this thing back around to bring a little bit more eyes to the district. And hopefully, this podcast having having you on here, Alex, and um, you know being at these races, and you know yourself for the racers. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, this all works out, and this is uh, this is so- something good. I know that you're excited about it, and I know um, I'm sure that the District 13 people and um, everybody else involved, I'm sure, is uh, sure is stoked that you're in this position. Well, I'd like to hope so, for sure. Uh, uh, I, I'm definitely excited. Uh, I can't wait to you know kick off the series and get this going. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, we were talking about me doing the race trailer for Triangle. Um, I will have to miss the first round, uh, but after that, I don't plan on missing – Missing any, so <laughs> awesome. But, when is um, the first race? When's the first? When's the uh, first district the, thirteen race? First district thirteen race would be the first weekend of March. Awesome. And where at? Uh, would uh, be Birch Creek. Birch Creek. Awesome. So we know yep. Ryan will have yep. the track pretty dialed. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully, it's as good as it was uh, this past Monday. Man, the track was awesome all day. Yeah, so I, I hate I missed it. Out it. There, you missed. Yeah, I hate yeah. I missed it because I was in Gatlinburg. Uh, me and my girlfriend finally went on our, uh, um, you know, finally like a little vacation for ourselves for a couple of days, and I hate that I missed it because I haven't uh, actually rode in a couple of weeks now, which is unfortunate. But, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's awesome. Uh, Alex Dawson, brand new president, District Thirteen here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 10. And, uh, Alex, I appreciate you uh, coming on here and uh, talking. And, um, man, I'll be seeing you here at the races. And uh, if you guys have any questions or anything uh, for Alex, um, you can plug in some of your social medias here uh, or an email or uh, phone number, how to get in t- contact with you in case any problems or any op- or, you know um, opinions or uh, anything like that to try to grow the series. Uh, how, th- how can they reach you? Yeah, man. Uh, I, uh, District thirteen MX uh, at Gmail uh, would be the best way to probably reach me, okay. um, because my phone is going off all day and half time I, I don't <laughs> even answer it. Okay. Um, and then a underscore bomb uh, five five uh, on Instagram. Cool. Uh, so it would. And I try and check everything and message people back as quick as possible. Um, I do have somebody else. Uh, Christina Hungash has, has been a huge help uh, with me taking over this role and, 
and moving forward. Um, and she's been on top of all the social media and handling all that. And <laughs> without her, uh, this the the beginning of this and doing you know preparing for banquet wouldn't be possible. So I I do got to give her a shout out and and really appreciate everything she's done. Awesome. Um, so and and thank you guys for you know, reaching out and inviting me onto the pod. It's it's awesome. I've been listening for the past couple of weeks, and you're doing a great job. Yeah, no, I I appreciate it. Alex it means a lot because we have uh you know had a had a uh, background history of racing and we've known each other for a really long time and it's cool that uh that you appreciate what i'm doing and uh it's all for local racing man and uh you know i love this shit we love this shit uh you know we we love this local racing stuff and um man it's uh it's good to have you behind uh you know district 13 and uh man i'll, I'll be there rooting for you and rooting for the series to uh to bring it back and i think that uh you're gonna do awesome things and if you have any questions or anything man just uh just let me know. Um, but man, thanks a lot for coming on, uh, here to, uh, this episode, buddy. Yeah, man. Thank you guys. Yeah, man. No problem. And that was district 13's new president, Alex Dawson. It's uh really good to have a brand new president. We got to hear a little bit from him. His, uh, his passion is, uh, is, uh, is really good. And I think it's going to be good for the district 13 motocross, uh, series and uh events and all of that good stuff heavy d what you think oh oh yeah absolutely you know it's always good to hear from you know promoters and and especially him opening up about you know the schedule mishap it just goes through like you if if you're willing to you can work with another party like it's not that big of a deal everybody can always come to uh, uh something to resolve it you know yeah, yeah. something to resolve an issue so I think it's good. I think he's going to do fantastic things with District 13, you know. Oh, uh, and uh, he seems like he's definitely up for the challenge. So hey, that's the man. That's the main thing. Yeah. Uh, Matt Burkeen is going to be coming up here shortly for the uh, brand new sponsor for the local legend segment is going to be Dirt Industries uh, Custom Graphics. So it's going to be the Dirt Industries Custom Graphics Local Legend segment, and we'll have Matt Burkeen, the People's Champ, two stroke racers race. Uh, I don't think I can, you know, choice. I mean, you know, he's running the game on YouTube right now and we're going to get to him here in just a minute. But yeah, uh, going back to district 13, um, it's, it's good that we have a passionate person that wants to bring it back to the local, uh, or not to the local, but, uh, to the older days, kind of where it actually matters to get a district, uh, title. And, uh, that was a really good point that he brought up because, um, you know, it was back then. It was when I was when I was racing back in, let's say like 2002 to 2010. I would say those that was the time, and even before that, right? I'm just talking about just my racing experience from 2002 to 2010. I raced, you know, be, you know, long after that, and still do. But um, that was like the pinnacle of like, man, if you win a title in district, like you're you're solid, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that just, it goes to show, like, dude, oh, I'm sorry, my bad. I was checking on my baby. I'm sorry. No, uh, you're good. But, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, that, that, that's the thing. Like, I remember when I won my D29 chip, I was pumped. I was like, finally, like, I had raced for several years, you know, and I never really 
stuck with one series. I was just kind of like focused on trying to get better and get faster, you know, because like at the time, especially in my mind, I was like, all right, like I'm trying to like go somewhere with this. I mean, I didn't go anywhere. I knew like at a certain <laughs> point I wasn't going to. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, so, I, I mean, I remember just uh, just like what you're saying. I remember when, um, you know, I used to go to the District 29 uh, banquets and Shep Langen, you know, used to used to be the uh, the runaround guy then, and uh, going to Devil's Ridge and Rolling Hills and these uh, these tracks and you know, like we've said, uh, seeing these racers that were top amateurs uh, on the East Coast, uh, they did not shy away from the local racing 100%. And Cooper Webb was a great example uh, of that, and that could help him uh, going in the 2000 and. Uh, or coming into 2023 because he got that little off time. He got to come back to his roots a little bit. Go racing. Go local racing. Go race some GNCCs. Do something different. Uh, he's kind of, uh, you know, people aren't really looking at him. And uh, those are the years that he shines. Uh -huh. And he's, you know, uh, this could be it, Heavy D. I know. That's a thing, too, you know. Like, for a lot of those guys, I mean, it's they put so much much emphasis on being at that next level which i get you know what i mean that's the next level that's where like if you run up front you make your big money but at the same time i think a lot of them forget how they came up and how they really how, how they got to where they are right and when, when they get to that level things change you know they a lot of them let me let me just refer back to this think about it as a kid when when you're a kid look how much you go ride like you go ride all you want to do is ride your dirt bike yep and you, you know it, it gets to a point like i mean like for me like i every time i went road i went when we got there i rode from time they was open when we got there until like i couldn't ride anymore and they closed or we was out with buddies and just we just i just couldn't ride anymore that's how much i liked to ride that's how much i wanted to get better yeah but i mean you, and, and i get it some it, it becomes a job um, it becomes a job, so you want your off time. A, a lot of you, you know, you you get, they get family, so they don't want to ride as much, and then they don't race because I mean, on time they race is when they're doing like supercross and motocross. So a lot of things change, and they get away from what got them there. I feel like if a lot of guys like rode and did it like they was a kid, how much they love to ride, it it would change the perspective on a lot of them, you know. And Cooper getting back at it, I thought that was awesome. Like, he got back to why he was there in the first place. Like, he didn't – he never wanted it to feel like a job, even though it was his living. He still wanted to ride and have fun. And, you know, I think him getting out and doing what he did this year is going to be, like, a huge eye-opener. Like, granted, I know I made my pick for uh, Supercross <laughs> champ, Jason Anderson. But, you know, I'm, sti I'm still – like, I still got my guys back, no doubt. Yeah. Um you can't count but, them out. You definitely cannot no, uh, count, no, them, out. That's count for, them out. That's for sure. And no, it was uh, uh, you know, just speaking on local racing and all of that. It was uh, it was cool uh, to speak with the brand new president of District 13 Motocross, and we're gonna get Matt Burkeen here on the line. But before we do, the local legend segment is brought to you by Dirt Industries Custom Graphics from Rayford, North Carolina. Dirt Industries, uh, for over 10 years, have designed, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. 
Their high-quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. If you want your graphics to look top-notch, look no further than Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, and you can check them out at dirtindustriesgraphics.com. And we have so much more coming from the Dirt Industries Custom Graphics guys, and we want to appreciate them for uh, coming on board uh, to sponsor the Local legend segment. And uh, if you would like to have a 10% off code, make sure to go to dirtindustriesgraphics.com and use the promo code IMPERATIVEMX, no space, all caps. And uh, speaking of the people's champ and local legend, we got Matt Burkeen on the line. What's going on? Uh, just hanging out, stoked to talk to you guys and to be a local legend. I think this is probably the highest honor you could bestow upon me, so I appreciate it, boys. I don't know. I think that win that you had over Sexton at Unadilla might outbeat it. Yes. I don't know. I looked at the results and it didn't add up, so I'm going to go with this. <laughs> oh, right. You should have got, got a check for the TV coverage, at least. <laughs> Man. I didn't get a check. I didn't get no recognition, no interview, no nothing. They just, like, laughed at me. Uh, but, uh, hey, right. next year. <laughs> we'll try next year. Yeah, no, uh, man, it's uh, it's cool. Uh, we've known each other, obviously, for uh, for a long time, Matt, uh, ever since, really, the start of both of our racing careers, uh, going with uh, riding out there with Ike DeJager and uh, jumping over a, uh, a over a rope. Uh, we trained with uh, Jim Neese for a, long, a lot of years, and, man, the local racing, and I know you love it. You still do it, and, uh, man, it's uh, – it's cool what you've done uh, here here recently, and I know that uh, that you're stoked on the progress uh, within the last couple of years, and especially just this past year. Yeah, I mean it, it's really been incredible. It's actually cool that that you brought up the old Jim because man, I remember we had so much fun training with Jim back like Rolling Hills and Speed Compound and all them places like that. So I, I had almost forgot because my mind goes to the Ike Jagger thing. So I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah. yeah. Man, this year, I whenever I had planned to do the Nationals, you know, I thought if it went as well as I thought I could do and, like, as long as I was qualifying, I thought it was going to, like, be a cool deal and, you know, I thought people would like it. But, you know, really that and then the whole offseason after it, like, everything is really, for the most part, gone better than I ever could have imagined. Like, I never thought that I would have grown, grown to have like the following that I have and especially like the YouTube stuff like me and my girlfriend kind of were just like you know our program is going to be kind of a mess and it's probably going to be pretty funny so we might as well film it and I never would have expected it to, to grow to the point where as many people watching it and like now it actually like kind of makes some money and I just everything is kind of just like spiraled um, into being like a lot better than I ever would have thought like I actually was mainly planning on just doing this year to like try to get my name out there a little bit more and maybe even just like kind of a one last hurrah deal but um it just it went so well that i feel like i've got to keep it going like it was it, it was an insane year i almost feel like i'm at my peak at 26 or i should say i do feel like i am yeah uh and you know you speak of uh so do, do you think the you think the flame was kind of on the downgrade kind of almost going out uh, as far as your racing career, and this kind of sparked it back to life. Uh, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, honestly, the flame has like sparked and resparked. It's like sparked and gone out and resparked quite a few times. And I think the last time it went out was like right around when 
when COVID came about, like I was kind of over it at that point. So whenever COVID happened, I was like, all right, like no racing. So I guess there's no reason for me to like even tear up my bike riding. So believe it or not, like I didn't even ride for like three months during COVID and all of a sudden races were back going. So I was like, shoot, like, all right, I guess let's get it. And, uh, I just, I, I obviously have the two stroke and I started going to the races with my girlfriend and like her dad and just having a lot more fun. And, um, you know, them just pumping me up and us just, you know, not really like caring how anything went. We kind of just went with the flow and had a good time. And if we did good, we were stoked. And if we didn't, we try again next time. And, um, just, just doing that. And really the, I think the biggest thing that helped me is we, and it was mostly just cause we were having so much fun doing it, but I was just going and racing anywhere and everywhere I could find. And I didn't care if there was, if there was going to be 10 or 12 people that were going to kick my ass. Like I didn't care, like we were going. And I really think that, you know, I did take a lot of ass kickings, but I really think that, that they helped me in the long run because now I, whenever I watch videos of myself ride compared to a couple of years ago, like it's, it's actually insane. Like the comparison, I just, I can tell the lack of confidence I used to have compared to now. Yeah. Uh, heavy D that's a, that's a, I mean, just what he talked about. I mean, he hit the nail on the head. What about what we were talking about like 10 minutes ago? Oh, dude, absolutely. Just like, with local racing. But he It's funny because, I remember one outdoor now. It was a couple of years ago. Matt came. He remember he came to Cavies and made some money, and like last minute went to Muddy Creek. Yeah, for the national dude, and got in and made some more money back. It was it was pretty badass. He was like, dude, I didn't even plan on coming to this race. And I was like, I didn't even plan on coming. It's funny, like <laughs> we were just like at a local race, and here you are, <laughs> racers yeah. race, right? Yeah, that's I what mean, it is. That's just... <laughs> yeah, no racers race, <laughs> Matt. Yeah, I mean, I I literally this year, besides being hurt um, with my shoulder for a couple weeks, and then um, the unfortunate ending to the year with the uh, the burn deal, I actually raced. Um, I think every single weekend except for one. The only wow. weekend that I know I didn't race was the weekend before the Muddy Creek Top Gun Showdown. I know it rained like pretty much everywhere, and I just couldn't find anywhere dry to race, and didn't feel like tearing my stuff up before that weekend. So. Besides being hurt, which that was like a month off or so, I don't know of any weekends off that I had for the whole year. And even like after Ironman, you know, I'd done like seven nationals and my bike and, you know, truck and body, everything's all smoked. And uh, I'll be damned if we didn't go racing at Birch Creek the next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was, there was so many times that, you know, that you would be at one place and then the next day you would be at a completely different racetrack racing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heavy day. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. There was one um, weekend, I don't know if this is what you were thinking of, but I went to Sleepy Hollow and raced the two-stroke shootout in Pennsylvania on Saturday, and I went by myself and then um, drove back home, got home like 1 a.m. and went in the race like Sugar Tree the next day back yeah. here at home. Yeah, because me, like, me and you were on the like gate. Saturday. Yeah, me and you were on the gate, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, dude, I'm racing. I'm like, no kidding, but dude, you were just in, you were just in, you know, Pennsylvania a couple, you know, hours ago, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Heavy D? No, I, I, you know what's funny? I remember that, and I didn't even know. He snapped me. It was like not such a great weekend at Sleepy Hollow, a great day. And then he was there racing. I was like, okay, my guy's on the move. <laughs> but it, it, it's funny. It makes me think, like, I know my dad's like, man, like, if a lot of these local races were – um. You know, catering 
to the guys like Matt Prost, I would say Matt's raced a lot. Like, I mean, it, it's my opinion. Matt could probably tell you better, but I would say, like, you could probably do pretty decent, like, if the local racing was as good as it used to be, you know, making a living or at least some extra money racing, couldn't you, huh? No, definitely. And um, I always have heard stories about how back in the day it used to be better. I know, like, a lot of the payouts used to be 200%. And I think now mostly it's just, like, the Outlaw Series at 200%. But luckily this fall, like, that's when – or really every fall is when a lot of the big money races are. Like, obviously, you guys talked about Sewer Valley. Um, there's big one in the south of the border. And then, like, Muddy Creek, stuff like that. There's just all kinds of them that are that are big money throughout the fall. And I went to like every single one of them. And I, I guess in a way it's lucky that I was like peaking at the right time, but this was like the first time that I've, I've really felt like I was able to take advantage of those money races. And especially with the win at Muddy Creek, like I was actually able to, to put together like a pretty good, um, <clears throat> a pretty good fall financially. And then, um, just to spend it all by frying my leg, um, at the end of the year. <laughs> Yeah, kind of kind of go through. Well, first, I want you to go through what that. Uh, I, I know that that weekend was an emotional roller coaster because that was a really really big win for you, and uh, I think that's bigger than uh, being here on the Imperative MX podcast, in my opinion. But dude, I mean, I, I was there. I got to witness it. I was so happy for you. Um, it was it was big and it was uh, really emotional for you. Yeah, that I I still like it about gives me chills even just thinking about it like that um obviously like you guys know but for any of you guys that don't know i was super close with cody and chris and that's who the race was for um i i was even roommates with cody at south of the border for like two years or so maybe even more and um you know every amateur national we used to go to i remember the place that we would all gather was in their motorhome like anytime we ever wanted to bullshit or hang out like we were always in their motorhome so i I was really close with them Mm -hmm. um so i i've always you know that that race has just kind of always had a special place in my heart and even um you know a few years before i i got a two-stroke like i had even kind of wanted to find a two-stroke to do just you know because you know they're my boys and be fun to ride for them um and then also on top of that you you guys know the the purse is huge so that that's big also and then um maybe even like the biggest thing for me besides like that um the competition's just so deep like I, i think that was like the like a big breakthrough for me mentally to like prove to myself like that i could do it and i mean it was only it was only a six-lap race, and I got to give an honorable mention to Canning because he was hunting my ass down. And if it was a 15-minute <laughs> moto or something, I think I was done. But it wasn't, so I was stoked to pull it off. And um, I've just, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of, like, kind of issues with confidence and, like, you know, a little bit just mentally over the last few years. So I feel like that was a huge breakthrough to just, like, prove to myself that I couldn't seal the deal and do it. And you know beat some really bad dudes because in years past i've kind of gone to races like that and thought like you know all right there's five or six or seven guys that could maybe beat me you know hopefully i can finish here where this year i was like you know f them all like i'm trying to win yeah yeah no and i think i think just this year i think the youtube success the people behind you uh you know racers race racing all the time getting that race craft getting those gate drops i think that that is really important and uh that's one of the things we bring up here uh, on the Imperative MX podcast is, um, man, you know, these training facilities take that racecraft and that, um, that, you know, race pace 
uh, kind of a way. Do you feel the Do you feel the same? And you feel like uh, local racing really, really helps out, and uh, you would like to see more of the uh, of the guys come out. I definitely would like to see more guys come out. Um, I I think there's a time and a place for both things because there's a lot of really, really great things about training facilities. And I mean, I even spent a lot of time at South of the border. Um, and I, that was a lot of the reason why I've, I've become the rider I am today. And I even before Muddy Creek, which was like my biggest win I've ever had, I spent two weeks, a couple of days each week down there. So I really think there are things, um, that, are super beneficial that you kind of can't get anywhere else like riding with a group and the kind of track conditions you get but i get where you guys are coming from i think the problem is if you just spend your four or five days a week hibernating at your training facility and then you never race i think that's where you run into the problems and especially for an a or a b rider nowadays because now you've got the ab all-star class so if you're a b rider you can make money and i mean i would have i would have killed for that back in the day but it really it makes absolutely no sense to me why there's not more AB riders at the races. I mean, the the weekend that I got hurt, I was doing a arena cross in West Virginia, and then I was going to pretty much drive most of the night and race Dreamville on Sunday because there was a pretty good purse out there. Yeah. And I think wait, Alex Wagers told me that there was only like 12 or 13 pros or something crazy like that, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, do you guys want to make money or not? <laughs> well, we just had Alex uh, Dawson uh, here on the podcast because he's the brand new, if you didn't know, he's the brand new uh, um, president over at District 13. Ryan gave him uh, pretty much everything. So um, Alex Dawson is the brand new president over at District 13, and uh, he's for the racers, you know. Uh, we, we've known him for a really long time, and uh, he's a good dude. He's very passionate. He has a daughter in the sport, so he knows behind the scenes and all of that good stuff. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, these training facilities feel like they – um, kind of hold these guys to just those standards of uh, being at the facility. And, you know, like you said, I mean, you know, there's a lot of money to be made out there. There's a lot of good racing, even the banquets uh, for District 13, District 29. It doesn't matter what series. There's no 450A and there's no 250A. Like what I was talking about earlier from like 2002, from when I started at Devil's Ridge all the way up until like until I turned pro like 2011 or so like it was a big deal if you won the 450A or 250A uh district champion and it seems like it's not like that anymore and I feel like uh myself and Heavy D feel like it's part of uh the problem is the training facilities what's your opinion on it yeah I mean like I said earlier I agree with you guys I just I think it comes down to um like the people's mentalities that are at the training facilities um because a lot of people mistakenly, I think they value the days of the, the days during the week at the training facility over a local race where especially like if I was a B rider right now, like I would be at a victory sports or like anywhere where there's an AB all-star class. Like I would be there every weekend and like, you know, I might not be winning. I might get beat by some local who's smoking a cigarette in the pits before the moto, but like, <laughs> it'll make you, it'll make you better in the long run. You're like, learning. You, you gotta, you gotta build some character and you gotta learn to lose. I feel like the kids that hibernate at the training facilities and they don't learn to lose. And then when they do go pro and they get like 15th or 16th, they're just like, Oh my gosh, like it's over. Like I'm screwed. Like they just don't know how to handle it. I don't think. Yeah, and we oh, had dude. we had uh, March Banks, great example. Uh, he was on the podcast uh, episode number nine before this one, and 
That's exactly what he said. You know, he you know he did still do some local racing. Like he even came out to uh, Pro Sport one time uh, with his PC bike, which I thought was kind of crazy. But um, he said, "Man, you know, you go from an amateur winning, 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 and then you go to the pros, and you're like, holy shit, I'm not even close yep. to these guys, man. Like, oh, it's it's crazy. Like, even Matt Matt will tell you, like, I know, like, I grew up racing around Matt. Like, I never raced Matt." But um, I wouldn't have been in the same same time zone by any means. But I grew up with Matt, and you know he he raced a lot of district races. He raced so much local stuff. Even though he went to training facility, he still raced a lot. Even when he was on the Mav TV team, he raced a lot. Like, yeah, no, I mean me, Birkin, you can you can attest to this, dude. Like, man, our sixties and eighties. I mean, it was me, you, Wallenhop, Joe Bean, Ryan Zimmer. Uh, Kyle Peters. Uh, I mean, dude, it was it was a lot of us on the gate every single weekend. Yeah, and that that's just a bummer. Like, I obviously I don't keep up with like the younger classes and stuff like that, but I just really, I really don't think that 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 kind of thing happens anymore. And it really is sad because, um, you know, to keep the sport healthy, we got to be racing. I mean, you got to. It's just kind of how it works, you know. Yeah. So, uh, I I don't oh, know. There's yeah. there, pluses and minuses to all of it but it would be definitely nice to to fill the pro gates a little bit more because it, it really um i was really thankful a couple of years ago i think victory sports and a couple other um series they started doing ab all-star instead of just a class which that was huge because zach i'm sure you know you sometimes especially the 250a class i'll go and it's like two or three people and it's just like not it's even boring. really worth yeah it. I mean, you'll start you talking get, to your competitor about like, you know, because there there's three guys on the gate and only one or two yeah. guys get paid, and you're like, you know, I'll split the money with you, you know, because yeah. I feel and, bad, you know. <laughs> and they can never get contingencies, and it's just lame. Where like now that it's at least AB All Star, like there's there's usually at least like seven or eight each time, so that definitely helps. And then um, that um, I think it's like Carolina Outlaw Series, they got like two hundred percent also, so that's kind of nice because even if it's not. Um, even if there's not like a ton of people there, it's still 200% kind of works out to be, um, decent. Yeah. At least pay for your, uh, trip and fuel and all, you know, entry fees and that sort of thing. So you kind of almost break even. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, I used to go to East Bend. I used to, I used to like, you know, on a Saturday night, if there was nothing to do, no races that weekend or something, I'll go and race East Bend. But man, it was just mainly it was just myself and Brent East, and it was. I knew that's who you were gonna say. Yeah, it's just it was just boring, man. Like, and you know, I hate to say it, but even going to some of these local races, like even though I get waxed by you guys, you know, that are up at the front, like, you know, you know, I don't really have anybody really to battle with because you know there's not very many you know guys out there. You know, we kind of get spread out. Um, you know, throughout, and it's definitely not what it like it used to be when you know you would go to a district thirteen, district twenty nine race wherever, and there would be damn near thirty guys on the gate, no matter what class it was. Yeah, um, you remember? I'm sure you remember. Even this year, I had to to come recruit you to race one of the A classes at Pro Sports so I could get contingency. Yeah, yeah, you came up. Yeah, you came up to me, and uh, it was kind of raining a little bit, and I was like, ah, I don't, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'll go, I'll go and ride. <laughs> and uh, and I don't. Uh, we had a pretty good battle too. In that first yeah, photo, didn't the, we? In the rain. Yeah, it was in the rain, and I was just following behind you, and yeah, I was. It was a. Uh, 
it was fun. But yeah, I you know talking with Alex Dawson, the the new owner of District 13, and um, gonna try to communicate better with a little bit of you know with every series. I think all the series need to kind of come together and try to figure out how to bring back um, you know a little bit of those local roots kind of back. Uh, you know. I, a lot of the guys, especially A-Class, like what we want is money, right? Well, that takes kind of sponsorships and that sort of thing, and that's kind of what Alex wants to do moving into like 2024 since 2023 here will be his first um, kind of hoorah at it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be really hard to try to bring it uh, to bring it back. But I think with the overtime and uh, with you coming to the races, because I know, you know, racers race, That's that's been your thing for – uh, as long as you know, I've known I've known you. You're always, you always been a racer, kind of like a Cooper Webb, right? You just any time that there's a gate drop, you're there. Um, and hopefully we can bring that back uh, just a little bit. But man, talk about the uh, the YouTube success. I know we touched on it a little bit uh, earlier. The and you know just the whole YouTube success um, and you know the people that are behind you. And uh, I know you didn't expect it. That's for sure. No, not at all. I mean, I, I, this YouTube channel that I've been using, I think it's probably like 10 years old or more. Like I've always just had it and I've got like some old GoPro stuff and just some old, I actually, um, from South of the border back in the day when my bike would break, I would film and like make edits for people and stuff like that. So it's just, um, I've always kind of been into the video like side of doing things and editing stuff like that. Like I've kind of just always had a like a little bit of a knack for it. Yeah. So a couple maybe it was beginning of 2021 my girlfriend like my girlfriend had, had started filming all my races the year before and she was like why don't you just start putting them on youtube like you know we kind of just were figuring you know for the hell of it and i yeah. was like yeah like that's cool like let's do it and for the longest time you know not very many people were watching it and like i didn't really care like i was just like whatever like i'll put it up here and it'll be the main thing we were like you know youtube's free storage like we can put whatever we want on here so yeah. i was just throwing everything on youtube yeah um and then it didn't grow like nothing really happened i wasn't doing anything special and then a couple things this year i got to race with chad reed at ncmp at the area qualifier and that video blew up pretty big and helped grow the presence quite a bit and then also um there was an area qualifier in april i think that i like had a pretty at least for my standards a pretty close race with nick romano on the star bike and that one kind of kind of blew up and got some attention too yeah um so that kind of like at least got people's gears going going into outdoors and then like i think i said earlier um going into outdoors like we didn't have this grand plan like let's grow this and like make money all that we were like yo like we're gonna be a shit show let's film it it'll be funny because like we (laughs) we figure no choice we will (laughs) <laughs> we figure like we won't have to act any different and it'll be hilarious because like i know we're a shit show like it's just a fact yeah yeah um, and i, I mean, mean after, dude that's after me I, too at the races dude i'll forget my pit I, bike key at muddy creek i forgot my pit bike key at the house so i didn't have a pit bike uh, <laughs> the entire time man it's I mean, a- <laughs> I'm, I'm watching our vlog after high point and i'm like doing an interview and like i don't even notice at the time but like i'm watching my vlog and like my freaking chair only has like one arm and the other one's busted. It's like, we literally look like trail park boys go racing and like people love it. Yeah. Like it's you a guys know sport. Under- <laughs> oh, shit. oh man. No, then, that's funny. So it, it kind of like, you know, it was doing pretty well. Like, um, high point red bud. It got 
actually read but it got tons of views and then millville and washougal it was kind of like back to pretty you know good but nothing crazy yeah um unadilla after the sexton deal it got a bunch of views and then that's like whenever it started making money which was insane to me like i just crushed it one day and there was like you know a couple hundred dollars in there that i never knew and you were like dude this is sick yeah, and then the following week, so right after that happened, I was like, all right, like, YouTube's really catching on here. Like, we got to keep it going. And um, I'm sure you guys knew about all the the claim deal with Deegan and all that drama after Loretta. Is like, oh. literally, you couldn't, you couldn't look one way or the other without hearing or seeing the name Deegan. Yeah. Um, and then Deegan was trying to get his pro points for uh, Iron Man. So Buds, he was having yeah. to throw it. And I knew he was going to be at Bud's. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm going to be so tired and I'm not going to be at my best. But man, is it going to be good for YouTube for me? Oh, it's going to be great content. That's sure really why I say. It did. That was like oh, yeah, by that- far, by far my biggest video I had. Like that one was, I think, like over or like twice the amount of views that anything I had had besides. Even the Chad Reed video was like substantially less than Deegan. I mean, you put Deegan on anything, like your people are flocking to it. And oh, absolutely. that's how I thought it would work. And it went like exactly how I thought. So that that is kind of what sealed the deal. Like people just loved it. The fact that I did two thirty plus twos at the national and then stayed and tried to race with those guys and like I didn't beat them, but I'll be damned if I didn't give them hell. Like I tried my ass off. Yeah. No. Uh, did you have any words with uh, with Hayden throughout uh, any of it? I I think you guys know each other uh, from previous years, correct? Uh, no, not really. I I talked to him and Brian a little bit, and they were super cool. And um, even Brian had thrown something on my Instagram like, "Thanks for staying and racing. Good battles." So I think. Uh, you know they i think that they see the bigger picture really clearly like they know that hayden racing with anybody like that'll give them any run is probably good for them you know so i i think that saw that race for what it was and it's not like i did anything sketchy or anything like that so like they i don't think anybody had any reason to be upset about anything i think everything was cool no it definitely was and it brought a lot of light uh to yourself and that's awesome and uh Man, uh, I know you do a lot of arena cross races, the indoor series with Victory Sports, and uh, um, even some of the other series, uh, outlaw series that are around that goes to some of these stadiums and uh, venues and that sort of thing. Um, arena cross, man, it brings a different racecraft, huh? Big time. <laughs> um, it's definitely a lot more high intensity and just like really no room to breathe. And I, I didn't grow up doing arena cross very much. Like, I actually didn't start doing arena cross until winter of. Um, or going into 2020, like right before COVID is right when I started indoors. And then last year I was out for almost the whole season too. So I'm still actually kind of relatively new to it compared to outdoors, but uh, it's definitely a lot different. And I still feel like I'm learning a lot. I mean, especially since last time I did it, I ran into a wall. So clearly I haven't figured it all out yet. Um, But, and it's, it sucks too, because I actually was by far having my best arena cross I'd ever had up until that point. But, um yeah I, I got a phrase it was great until it wasn't yeah no and uh and uh, we're glad that you're good from that and obviously everybody can go and check out your youtube for uh all of the content with uh with yourself in that miserable hospital for uh what'd you say 15 16 days something like that 15 days oh. and it was actually it was supposed to be maybe 17 or 18 and then physical therapy finally came and saw me and i just straight up gritted my teeth and acted like nothing was wrong and then little did i know i was going to be able to go home that day so i i guess i got lucky that 
um, I was able to soldier through because they, it was a Monday that I was finally able to leave and they had told me Wednesday at the earliest. Yeah. And then, uh, maybe I just showed them a little something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, Matt Burkeen, local legend segment, uh, dirt industries, custom graphics here on the imperative MX, uh, podcast episode number 10. And, uh, speaking of local legend, Matt, uh, who is your local legend when you hear the term? Man, I I kind of want to go Taylor Futrell, man. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to get a, we're going to try and bring him out uh from the woods to try and uh come in the podcast, but yeah, uh Futrell is definitely the name that comes out to you. Yeah, definitely and especially um it might have been it probably would be Taylor anyway cuz I know I would say Taylor Futrell and Brock Tickle were the two that I grew up um like that's what I looked up to when I was growing up, yeah. but I would especially have Taylor on my mind because I've been going to those races at Asheville and I stay with him whenever I go up there. So I've actually been seeing him like every oh, okay. other weekend. Man, he's doing great. He's got a wife and just had another kid. He's got two kids. And wow. Um, yeah, I, I see him often. I was just talking to him about um, football last night. And nice. Yeah, man, he's still, he's still kicking and he's still an absolute legend. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, we were, we were talking about the races that we used to see, you know, when we used to have 30 or 40 guys at a district race and it was nothing for PJ Larson, Les Smith, Brock Tickle, um, Taylor Futrell. Yeah, I mean, all of these guys show up um, on any given weekend, and it didn't matter. They were just racing all the time. Yeah, I could go on and on about local legends, man. I love to, like, reminisce about past rippers. It's it's awesome just to, like, think about all the sick people that have come from our area. It really, like, we've had a lot of, a lot of great racing over the years for having such a small area. Yeah, no, and, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons I brought it, uh, because I think that a lot of the guys that we talk about didn't get the limelight and the pros that they should have, uh, gotten. There was a couple of them, right? Like, uh, um, Tickle and Stroop and, uh, some of these other guys, I mean, you got to talk, you got to throw the, the, the greatest local legend in there, Tyler Bright, you know, there's so many different ones that, uh, come to mind um, that you know we're gonna try to reminisce on the old ones. Um, you know, even though you're not old, but you're in the older generation, so we gotta kind of call you the old one. And then we're trying to come up with some new ones as well that kind of show us a little bit. Uh, Asher Hall, Boone Lloyd, you know, uh, champions and Cobra Elite riders now. So it's uh, cool to see that they're at least getting some recognition, uh, especially around uh, this area kind of like uh back in the day but for sure man we've definitely seen a lot of guys come through i mean that les smith and uh futrell battle at uh rolling hills jumping the the uh the two singles going down the hill before yeah. the before the right hander going into the sand section i mean oh my god you know i mean you, you remember just being out there training with jim niece on like a tuesday or a wednesday and and brock tickle and taylor futrell are pounding laps i mean they're i mean it, it's not every day that 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 just happens at some random track on a wednesday that's technically not even open that that we are at you know yeah. in north carolina it's yeah. one thing to be in california where it's moto heaven but like we're just out in Reedsville, North Carolina, and the sticks. Probably not a bar or service, but two fast pros. Oh, battling it out, and you know, yep. and it's and and unfortunately, I wish the social media was a little bit bigger back then, so we could go back and look at. You know, there are some videos online, but man, there's a lot of stuff that we saw that could never, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, just is stuck in our mind, um, and you can't even uh, explain to somebody what some of the stuff that we've witnessed for sure. Um, one of the questions I had from one of my buddies, I was telling him that I had you here on the podcast and he wanted to know after watching, um, 
a bunch of your Lucas Oil Pro Motocross runs this summer and all of that. Uh, do you have a specific diet on race day, or do you just kind of just go with the flow and just no choice, just whatever we got is what we got? Uh, so that's actually a tough one because I my appetite is pretty shitty on race day, especially on those race days. So usually up until qualifying's over, I all I do on the way to the track is I usually try to stomach a banana, and that's usually all I got in me up until like qualifying's over, and then like a lot of stress is usually lifted once I like know I can at least race. Yeah. And then between um, practice and the race, I would usually just keep it light again, like a, a peanut butter sandwich and an applesauce or something like that. And this is by absolutely no means dietary advice. Like if, <laughs> if anything, you should probably do the opposite of what I'm doing because I don't know if it works. Um, but I just, I just have to keep it light on my stomach because I was having um, actually some a bunch of like nausea issues throughout the summer. Okay. Um, I, a couple like, five or six years back like i got a, a concussion and um ever since then like i've kind of just had like some weird like anxiety stuff while i ride and it'll make me like dry heave or like get nauseous or like throw up and stuff and it was happening a lot throughout the summer yeah so all that all that stuff i told you i eat would usually just like end up coming back out anyway yeah but by the end of the year i had figured out um some nausea medication to get on and now we're we're kicking now we're uh, good no choice we're solid now um yeah. yeah, I mean, the mental side of motocross is hard. I mean, it's got to be just as hard as the, uh, if not harder, um, than the physical side. Uh, you agree? Yeah, definitely. And I think the main thing that was my problem outdoors this year was just, like, the tracks. I mean, I felt like if I pushed even a little bit more what I was doing, like, they're just so gnarly, I felt like I would kill myself. And I feel like they're just, like, stressful to ride if I'm, yeah. if I'm being honest yeah. with you guys. But it really is. It, I, feel, I almost feel like the older you get, like definitely the harder it is because whenever I was young, I don't ever remember getting nervous or like really thinking about anything actually. Like I kind of just remember like racing and then getting off the track and just, you know, doing whatever and racing again and yeah. getting off the track and eating a pizza and drinking riding, a sweet tea and racing again. Bikes, yeah. Riding pit bikes. <laughs> yeah. Doing, doing whatever. No, that's awesome. Uh, heavy D any questions for, uh, Burkeen? We gonna see more local racing again this season? Absolutely. I will actually. I thought this recovery from this burn deal was gonna be pretty long, but I'll actually be back in commission um, next weekend back in Asheville. And then once I'm back doing that, um, I wouldn't expect too many off weekends on the calendar um, oh, wow. up in for nationals. And then we're trying to do, trying to put something together again to do some outdoor nationals to do it a little bit better than um than last year this past year like i didn't even have a practice bike or anything like i wasn't practicing like we were just going to the races and just riding as fast as we could as long as we could but um this year i got i think a little bit more help and support so i think we'll be able to have a practice bike and actually be able to do a little bit of on the bike prep because this year all i've really been able to do is go to the gym for my training and as much of that as you do you can only get but so good if you're not on the bike right yeah oh absolutely and racing for sure uh definitely helps that and uh you know you're a good example of uh local racing and still go to the pro nationals and can still put get put in right and uh no four strokes we're just sticking the two strokes now right I I could not give you any more of a resounding yes. I had a very bad experience with my 450, and it ain't nothing personal to the 450 or the four-stroke. Like I just I feel like I'm at one with two-stroke, and I felt like I was at like seven or eight on the 450. Like I just didn't agree with it. That's awesome. No, um, 
It's awesome. Uh, Matt, I appreciate you coming on here for the Dirt Industries Custom Graphics Local Legend segment. And uh, do me a favor. Tell uh, tell Futrell that I'd like to get him on here uh, at some point. We already kind of did a Local Legend segment, um, but uh, I'd like to reach out and I'd like to have him on here for sure. I know he's a, uh, uh, a heavy local legend uh in a lot of people's uh minds so uh but awesome thank you very much for uh for coming on uh matt yes sir thank you guys for having me and i'll be seeing him i think next weekend so i'll let him know that you guys are interested and he's a pretty good bench racer himself so i'm I'm sure if you guys can get him on here to shoot the shit you guys will enjoy it but i I appreciate you guys having me and um yeah stay local because i know i will be that's awesome man now we'll be seeing you at uh at races here shortly and uh i'm gonna try and do my best to uh help you out at some of the nationals we'll be in touch hell yeah i appreciate it boys y'all uh y'all take care and i'll see you guys at the races all right man you know it bro later boys later later that was matt burkeen the people's champ here on the imperative mx podcast for the dirt industries custom graphics local legend segment heavy d it's good to have the people's champ online Oh, yeah, man. It's awesome to hear Matt. He's funny as hell, and he just keeps it real, dude. That's what, that's one thing I really like about Matty B, dude. Like, he, I mean, he don't try to act better than you or anything. He's a down-to-earth dude that loves to rip his dirt bike, and, you know, he's he's going to show up and be supportive, and he's going to have fun while doing it, and he's going to give credit where credit's due. And I just like how it really keeps it, too, dude. Like, that's the main thing we need. And, you know, I hope a bunch of our youth and upcoming riders pay attention, like, hey, like, you do got to get your ass kicked to get better. It's not it's not a bad thing to go race. Absolutely. You know, it's fun to go practice, but go race. Go have fun. Go ride your dirt bike. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a great example. He's a great role model uh, for that. And even on the track, off the track, he's a he's a good role model to uh, to the kids coming up. And, uh, you know, some of you parents, look, you know, uh, let your kid go and, uh, go and have a conversation with Matt. He's willing to talk to anybody, autographs, I mean, whatever. You know, he's a – He's a local legend, and uh, he's willing to talk, and he's got a lot of good insight. And uh, obviously, I've known him for a really long time, and he hasn't changed one bit. Um, you know, ever since the first time I saw him, uh, when we used to train at Jim Nieces at uh, Speed Compound, it was me, him, Josh, uh, Josh Hall, and uh, uh, man, it was it was so many of us that would uh, that would train, and we had such a you know a deep background uh, within the sport. And he's got a lot of knowledge. <coughs> Excuse me, and. Uh, He's got a lot of knowledge, and obviously it shows. And, uh, no, it was really awesome for him to come on to the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 10 here in uh, West Virginia Motorsports. If you're looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports in Princeton, West Virginia. If you are around the surrounding area and looking for a new or pre-owned motorcycle, dirt bike, ATV, UTV, whatever the case may be, make sure to stop by Princeton, West Virginia. That's West Virginia Motorsports. Don't forget to order your parts for your current bike through West Virginia Motorsports or uh, alongside walking out the door with that brand new ride that you purchase. Uh, don't forget to get those uh, oil filters and air filters on the way out and don't catch them on fire, Heavy D. Oh, don't do that. That's not a good, that's not a good thing. You don't want to do that. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, uh, de- definitely do not do that. Uh, Pops will not be stoked. I can tell you that much. Nah, Pop will not be stoked. He's warm about that one. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have a really <laughs> long night in a closed door, that's for sure. Um, Hydropower, uh, man, we got to thank these guys so much, and especially just for getting me through uh, the drive today, uh, the podcast right now, through work, whatever the case may be. Hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist uh, himself, Garrett, to 
Help eliminate arm pump and increase your endurance so you can ride safer and faster. That's exactly what we want here on the Imperative MX podcast, and we're glad that they are on board uh, with us. So make sure to go to www.drinkhydropower.com to get your brand-new flavor, Blue Raz, today. And uh, Heavy D has seen what uh, Hydropower can do to an old fart like myself coming off the couch. Uh, This is my plus 30 year. Going to try for Loretta's this year. 25 plus a couple of years ago in 2019 was way too tough. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go into the old guys class this year, and you know for sure I'm gonna have uh, that hydropower uh, right next to me, Heavy D. Oh, absolutely. Hey, watch. I, I see some hole shots and um, moto wins. I see some good finishing at regionals. I see a moto win in a regional. I may see an overall in 30 plus at the regional. Oh, uh, by me. Yeah. No, you're tripping. You're tripping. Alex Forte is going to be there, man. I ain't going to be able to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to be able. I, I ain't going to be able to beat him. But no, anyway, yeah, no, it will be. It will be. It will be fun to line up with him for sure. Because because you know I, I he's going. Wasn't so. even, I, I honestly wasn't even thinking about that. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Heavy D. I appreciate it, there, bud. <laughs> no, no. Listen, listen. Check this out. You said. You said no 25 plus, and I'm thinking of all the guys that run 25 plus. But <laughs> I, I keep forgetting we're getting older, dude. <laughs> I know, man. I it's it, it's uh, it's actually sad. But regardless of the fact, we're not going to go down down this depression. Uh, you know, coming off the couch. Uh, hey, talk. I'm not going down depression, dude. I I feel <laughs> like you got it. I I hope Alec, so. Alex, Alex is my boy. I'm not taking anything away from Alex, but I feel like you got it. You're just not giving yourself enough credit right now. Uh, probably not. But if you guys would like a uh a 10% off uh for Hydropower, uh, make sure to check the uh, link in the description uh of this podcast wherever you are listening for and uh, get that 10% off uh for your purchase of uh anything on their website. Uh, over three thousand for uh, 0.8 star reviews, so make sure that you guys go and check out drinkhydropower.com. And uh, the next thing that we're going to talk about and the last thing that we're going to talk about is the 250 Supercross West Coast Conversation. Um, the I think all of the riders are announced, uh, and we're going to get into a couple of the, uh, or mostly the factory riders that are going to be competing in the 250 Supercross West Coast Conversation. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to have Jet. I mean, he's going to be um, a hard one to uh, to beat Heavy D. Um, you know, we can go down the list of the other riders that are going to contend uh, for this. But, I mean, Jet, you have to, you have to think no matter who's going to be on uh, his coast and what riders these factory teams are throwing at Jet to try to take it away, it's going to be uh, really hard. It seems like Jet is on a mission right now. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who on the West Coast. You know something? I think. You want me to go through the list real quick? Yeah, who who we got? All right, so we got Jet. We got Austin Fortner. We got Cameron McAdoo. We got Levi Kitchen. Um, Styles Robertson, RJ Hampshire, Pierce Brown, um, Max Volan, Robbie Wageman, uh, Phil Nicoletti, just to name a few. But those are the pretty much the top guys coming from uh, Honda HRC, uh, Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki, Monster Energy Yamaha Star Racing, 
the uh, Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna with Sham uh, Hampshire. You got the TLD Gas Gas with Pierce Brown. And then you got the KTM uh, with Volan. You have the Club MX with Nicoletti. And then you have the Bar X Suzuki. Uh, new guy on the team, Robbie Wageman. And he actually uh, caught fire a little bit last year on that uh, nuclear blast Yamaha uh, number 69 last year. And now it's going to be Phil Nicoletti who's going to be number 69. Um, and actually both of them had a pretty good year. Uh, last year before uh, Nicoletti got hurt, and I think Wageman got uh, got hurt towards the end, or I could be wrong. But regardless of the fact, Jet, I mean, you have to think with these list of riders uh, in these teams that are throwing out these riders to try and take down Jet, it's going to be hard. Oh, absolutely. You know this? Man, Jet's on a mission. I, ain't, I haven't really seen the other ones. You, I mean... I don't really think Jets on a decline by any means, and you know, it. Uh, and you you know what you're gonna get when it comes to Jet. He's gonna go out there and he's gonna be out front, or he's gonna you know hunt you down trying to get there. But um, it's actually a pretty strong list of riders there. Um, it's guys that one, can, it's guys that can beat Jet and have beat Jet straight up, like Cameron McAdoo last year. I mean, he beat Jet Lawrence straight up. It was one race. Uh, Forkner, we know, can probably stay with Jet or potentially beat Jet. It's just the consistency. Do these guys have the consistency and can steal wins away from Jet um, this season? It's going to well, be tough. I'm sure of the Cam. Let me say, I say two or three, actually. You think RJ you Hampshire. Yep. Um, depending on how he is, my guy, if he's if his mind's right and he's there, PB Pierce Brown. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. And I, I don't know yet. It just I just got to see how his mentality is because Washington right here lately he's been ripping, and that's Levi Kitchen. Yeah, dude. I mean, Levi had a good start for his uh, rookie season last year. It just sucks he got hurt. Um, but yeah. I mean, he was fast. Uh, I think he did. He get a heat race win. I can't remember. But anyways, I know that he was. I know he was fast uh, for sure, and he was starting to pick up the pace as the series went on. But then he ended up getting hurt. I can't remember at what round. But um, yeah, uh, I could see. I could see McAdoo um, taking a win away. I could see Forkner, um, and I could see Hampshire. The other guys, I'm not sure because they just have not won yet and they haven't put it together. Um, only only reason I'm iffy about he's so inconsistent. With who? Fortner. Oh, I know. I well, I mean, all of these guys, yeah. all of these guys that are on here except for Jet, <laughs> pretty much are very inconsistent. Unfortunately, not. Yeah, don't mean to ruin anybody's parade, but yeah, the, these guys just have got to get on a consistent consistency level and it's a short series if you screw up on one race it's pretty much over for you pretty much because it's only a nine round se or a seven or eight round nine round series you know for these guys on the 250 class uh, east and west so you gotta make it happen and Anaheim won uh, being a couple of days away um, you know it, it, it needs to happen and if you're gonna do it Anaheim won would be a good start mm-hmm but absolutely, I don't. I don't know. I really, honestly, on this list right here, I mean, you have good guys and race winners, um, but you have no champions, 
and you have no guys that have proven in the past that they are consistent. I mean, you could throw – like, for myself, I want to throw Styles Robertson as a hell of a sneaky pick. Like, he's done good uh, in, the, in the past in a couple of races, a couple of top fives, but maybe on this star oh. racing Yamaha – uh, kind of training down in there at the goat farm. I feel like this may be a little bit different. He got away from the Alden Baker program. Um, maybe this is a better fit for him, and it seems like he's been riding heard, really good. So You said that, now. I didn't even think about that. Come to think of it, dude, he, he got some podiums last year, didn't he? Yeah, I think he got, I think he got one. Um, I think it was – actually, hold on. I, actually, I know Nicole wouldn't know. I was going to ask Nicole, but um... – I think at Atlanta last year when we went, because I think he was doing East last year with uh, Jet. And, well, actually it really wouldn't matter because that was the East-West shootout in Atlanta. But I think he got a third there. Like, coming to think of it, I feel like now that he's on that, he could actually give him a fit. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, yeah, the bike's fast enough. Uh, He's shown that he's done well. It's just the consistency, man. Like, like. What we just talked about in the 450 episode, the last uh, special edition episode that we just put out last week, um, if you want to go and check it out, it talks all about the 450 uh, class. It's a special edition um, episode that we did last week, and we talked for like an hour and 45 minutes or so about um, each rider, factory. Uh, We missed Joey Savacci. Uh, We know what he's kind of doing now, eight races with Rick Ware, um, and kind of just see what goes on from there. Um, But other than that, um, it's going to be really interesting to see if anybody can beat Jet and anybody can contest Jet or if he's just going to run away with this thing uh, kind of once again. Because um, he got really lucky he didn't get hurt with that Fortner crash last year uh, over the finish line. Oh, yeah. That was that was brutal. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, so for sure. Um, but uh, I could see Volan... Um, getting up there. I can see Wageman doing a lot better. Nicoletti just needs to stay healthy. I think he's got the speed to be right there around the top five, top four, kind of like he was last year before he got hurt in Atlanta with the arm injury. Um, But, I mean, you have to go Jet, right? Like, it's just it, it's just 100%. You just have to go with Jet um, unless, you know, you're uh, – yeah. You're a really big uh, fan of uh, another rider, but uh, if you're smart, I mean, you're you're pretty much putting your money. If you're at the Las Vegas Casino, you're putting all of your money on the board for Jet, for sure. So. Yeah, unless it's like you, you, you got like Barsha A1, 450, but we ain't talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> no. You always fucking win. But you got somebody at 250 that always wins A1, but, I mean, that's basically Jet. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, this is his last uh, – Last ride on the 250 for Supercross. Hopefully he's going to, uh, you know, that he's going to defend his title. Going into uh, 2023, like we said, Anaheim is right around the corner. I am so stoked. Uh, going to get more details on the Super Motocross. Uh, it's going to be really interesting who's going to win the 250 Super Motocross because you think about it, Jet's going to go to 450 and outdoors, and I think for the Super Motocross finale, he will be on a four, uh, 450 as well. So, he may be a sneaky guy uh, to oh, yeah. win the Super Motocross title at the end of the year, and that would be an, an insane story to start on a 250, go to the outdoors, and then go and race these hybrid last three playoff Super Bowl-type 
races. And for him to win, that would be honestly unbelievable. But at the same time, I probably wouldn't bat an eye, to be completely honest, because we know that he's got the speed because he did it at uh, Desnations. Um, we've shown that he can ride a 450 very, very well in the outdoors. So that obviously means that he's going to get a lot of points uh, moving into uh, that last round. So, and honestly, those gate positions and those qualifying positions mean a lot. So, um, if he can put in a good, solid uh, outdoor season without getting hurt, moving into those those last three hybrid races, uh, everybody may, may want to watch out uh, because yeah. Jet could come in here and just steal it away from everybody. So, um, make sure you guys are on the lookout for that, uh, which is just going to be right around the corner. Anaheim one. Uh, but Heavy D, anything else on the 250 Supercross West uh, Coast conversation before we uh, go into Anaheim 1, which uh, I am so stoked. It's about time. The off season has uh, come and gone pretty fast, but I'm stoked to be back racing. But anything else, uh, 250 Supercross West? No, I think it's going to be interesting. The track looks gnarly. Like... Big whoop sections and rhythm sections are insane. So we may I'm have a mutter. We may have a mutter. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. It. Uh. They have the track. Uh. Close or you know. Um. Covered right now, and apparently today mm. and tomorrow. Um. Is supposed to rain pretty good, and it may creep up in the Saturday. So. Uh, for you guys that are, uh, you know, fantasy players or just people that watch the race, be on the lookout. It could be a mud race, and uh, it could get really, really interesting. So uh, make sure to <laughs> yeah. So make sure to check out on that. Um, Silver Valley MX Park Heavy D. Uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, the local national. Hey, the only local national is sick. Can't wait. Um, I think they got three races this year. They got a. Um, enduro, sprint enduro, I think they have. And, uh, two rounds on the NCMX, you know, they got a, a regular round and they got the big pro shootout. So, uh, so stoked on it. And they moved it. It's a little earlier this year. I think it's a, it's the weekend before Halloween. Okay, cool. So I think that'll be good. You know, hopefully get some more guys in that's still in a outdoor race form. And mm-hmm. most of all, like get some, I really want to see a bunch of B riders come out. I feel like, especially at that time, they really have no excuse not to come now. Right. Like it's one of those ordeals. Like it's before the um that uh cash for dad cash for class. Yeah. A GPF. It's it's before Minios. It's um it's before uh Verb Classic or maybe yeah it's before Verb Classic. I think no maybe after Verb Classic, but. All in all, and uh, another thing I feel like, you know, with the AB, I, I don't really feel like they need to let that whole B-Riders ordeal get paid because, in my opinion, contingency is the same thing. It is literally the same thing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, hopefully they, they let the, uh, a bunch of the B-Guys come out and, you know, mix it up with the A-Guys and help them get a little bit – get more ready for many of them if they want to go. Like, come on, it's – you can raise with some of the baddest dudes and even some of the uh, amateur A-riders. Like, hey, like if, if you feel like you, you want to see where you stack up at outdoors, this is an outdoor track. Like, yeah. I feel like right now you can go to Silver Valley and have an outdoor national just how it is. That's just in my personal opinion. Yeah, it may, be, may need tweaks here and there, but it's, it's tracks on the outdoor national circuit I feel like that aren't even 
remotely close to better than Silver Valley. Absolutely, and we're so, glad to have uh, Silver Valley MX Park, uh, Park here on the Imperative MX Podcast. And what a phenomenal episode number 10 we had here on the Imperative MX Podcast. We got to speak with the brand-new president over at District 13 Motocross Series, Alex Dawson, about his plans moving forward uh, with the series and uh, his background within the sport, what he, uh, you know, what he's passionate about and what he's trying to do for the series moving forward. Uh, then we had uh, the Dirt Industries Custom Graphics Local Legend segment with the People's Champ, Matt Burkeen, talked about his plans for uh, 2023 a bit. Uh, the uh, arena cross races, uh, local racing. I mean, we talked a good amount uh, with a lot from both of our call-ins from District 13 President Alex Dawson and the People's Champ local legend, um, Matt Burkeen. And then we talked about the 250 Supercross West Coast class and who's going to uh, take the throne away from Jet if anybody can. Uh, coming up, uh, the infamous A1 is coming up this coming weekend, so uh, we talked a lot, and there was a lot much more. We talked about episode number 10 here on the Imperative MX podcast, but before we sign off, we have to say thank you to all of the companies who make this possible. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Silver Valley MX Park, and Hydropower. And uh, Man, this is the end of the episode. We want to thank you for listening to this week's episode number 10 of the Imperative MX Podcast. Make sure to follow us on YouTube, which we just hit over 300 subscribers. Instagram, we're at 2,400 followers. TikTok, we're at 25.6. Uh, creeping up on that 26,000 mark. Facebook at 1.1. And make sure to check all of our podcasts out. Apple, Spotify, uh, YouTube, pretty much uh, you know, Amazon, anywhere you get your podcasts uh, from. Make sure to go check out all of the other uh, podcasts that we have available. There's a lot of good talking points and a lot of good uh, uh, people call in. Uh, but from myself, Zach Newberry and co-host Heavy D, we're out. Yo. See ya. <laughs>